Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by Optima, a net health company. Optima Therapy for Outpatient is a software solution enabling therapists and staff to do their jobs efficiently and accurately. Their software provides anytime, anywhere access to documentation, even while disconnected, and workflows that streamline patient care and save valuable time. You can check out Optima's new on-demand video to learn what's in store for outpatient therapy practices in 2020 with some of the biggest industry trends along with tips and best practices to successfully navigate these changes. Learn about these trends for the new year at go.optimahcs.com slash healthywealthy2020. And of course, we'll have a link to that in the show notes so you don't have to remember all of that. You can go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and click on the link under this episode. Now, let's get on to today's episode. I'm really excited to have back on the podcast Dr. Steve Anderson. He is the ex-CEO of Therapeutic Associates, which is a physical therapy company that consists of 90 outpatient clinics in Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, and a major hospital contract in Southern California. He currently is an executive coach with Orange Dot Coaching and the host of the podcast Profiles in Leadership. He is a former board of trustee for the Foundation for Physical Therapy and was the president of the private practice section of the APTA for six years between 2002 and 2008. He was awarded the most prestigious award the section gives out annually to a physical therapist, the Robert G. Dykus Service Award in 2010. Steve received the APTA Leadership Advocacy Award in 2006 for his efforts in Washington, D.C. and Washington State in the legislative arena. In 2012, Steve received the Distinguished Alumnus Award from Northwestern University Physical Therapy School. In 2016, he was awarded Physical Therapist of the Year by PTWA, APTA's Washington State Chapter. Currently, Dr. Anderson works with business executives and their teams to improve their leadership skills and coaches them to improve communication skills and working together better as a team. He lives on Hood Canal in Washington State near Seattle with his wife, Sharon. And on today's episode, we talk about why do you need a coach? Why does someone need a coach? What if you're already successful? What do you need a coach for? We talk about that. So we talk about why you should invest in a coach. The importance of outside perspective when you're pursuing excellence, which is really important. How to be open-minded and gracefully accept constructive criticism, something that can be very hard to do. Redefining your daily operations with purpose and vision. So I want to thank Steve Anderson for uh, giving us his time and his knowledge and sharing all of that with us on today's podcast. It's a good one, and I'm sure you will all love it. Hey, Steve. Welcome back to the podcast. I am happy to have you on. So thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you, Karen. I'm uh, I'm very, very happy to be on, and uh, I'm looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, so last time you were on, we talked about Graham Sessions, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes to this podcast so people can kind of go back and and learn more about that. But today, we're going to be talking about the importance of having a coach. And first, I'll swing it over to you 
if you want to kind of describe what you do as a coach and maybe what is your definition of a coach, because there's a lot of coaches out there. Okay. Uh, so what I am is I'm an executive coach. And so that means that I deal mostly with um, leadership uh, training and communication skills and things like that. So what I I do specifically is I work with uh, people that are running companies, CEO types, uh, and uh, executives that are that are in leadership roles, and so helping them develop their leadership and communication skills. But then I also uh, like to work with teams, and so I have clients that I work with the CEO and their executive staff on how they can communicate together and how can, they can work better as a team when they're trying to run their business and and um, and, and grow their business and so on. So that's pretty much what I do. Uh, you know, but the definition of a coach is, is just somebody to help you, uh, you know, figure out, uh, I think what happens is we get, we, we are in a very complex world and in, in our businesses and so on, they, they get very complex. So I think a coach can help you uh, simplify, uh, look at things and simplify it a little bit, help you kind of, uh, get out of your overwhelm rut, so to speak, and, and how you can start to uh, look at things, uh, the smaller pieces, and put that together, and then just learn how to um, communicate with others and, and grow your business in, in a sense that uh, doesn't seem so overwhelming or 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 overpowering. I, I see a lot of my clients in that that mode of they're just they're just overwhelmed. They've just got so much to do and so many things to look at that they don't really know what the next step is. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, I definitely feel like that on almost a daily basis. Um, now, before we kind of go into a little bit more about coaching, just so the audience gets to kind of understand where you're coming from. So you are a physical therapist and you owned a multi-site practice. But let me ask you this. You could have retired and just kind of spent the rest of your retirement hanging out and and you know relaxing so why make that shift to being a coach uh, sure so i was a physical therapist and came up uh, through a company called therapeutic associates where i started out as a staff therapist and then i became a clinic director and eventually became the ceo of that company and it had a very unique ownership structure in the sense that every director of every clinic in that company is an owner in the company so I was certainly not the only owner in the company. I was uh, one of many owners in the company. And so when I retired, you know, I, I retired fairly young, I guess, when you look at what age people retire these days. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, what do I want to do from here? I don't feel like I'm ready to just uh, um, do nothing. And so I kind of did the, uh, the soul search and say, what are things that I really like to do? And when it comes right down to it, what I really like to do is I just really like to, to grow leaders and, and work with people as they're going through their journey. And so um, I uh, went and got certified in a program called Insights Discovery, which is a communication uh, system or style, and, uh, and, and started reaching out to people and, and, and uh, got some clients and worked with them and, and learned, uh, you know, how to improve and get better at what I was doing. And so now I do it on, a, you know, certainly a part-time basis. I'm not doing this full-time by any means, but it, 
it brings me joy. It feels like I have a purpose and uh, something that I um, just, just really look forward to doing. I think that's such a great transition from the work you were doing as a physical therapist to the work that you're now doing as a coach. And for me, it gives a lot to think about because oftentimes, especially as a physical therapist, I know I felt this way when I graduated from college was, okay, I'm going to start working for a company and then I'm going to work there until I retire. And then that's it. So oftentimes, you know, we're, it's hard for us to think far ahead but being able to hear stories like yours, I think can inspire a lot of people to say, hey, wait a second, like there's more to retirement or there's more to when maybe whenever it is you feel like your, your clinical work as a physical therapist has maybe run its course, that, there, that you can use your physical therapy degree and you can use information, you can seek out new information in order to start a whole new career but you're still firmly rooted in the physical therapy world. Right. I, I think you bring up a really great point in the sense that, you know, you don't, w when you come out of school and you start your profession, start your career, you, you know, you, you can't see often that end thing that you want to do. Uh, in other words, it's hard to visualize what exactly I want to do and what exactly I want to be. And, and I see new professionals coming out, kind of tortured with that a little bit like they, they want to do something but they can't see it other than just the day-to-day -day, um you know working with the patient so i can just share my journey a little bit in the sense that uh, you know i i was an orthopedic physical therapist and i, I worked hard at being good at that skill and and then i became a director and i i realized that i really liked working with a team and working with people and and people don't always they think i'm just messing with them when i say this but i was kind of a reluctant leader i i didn't go in thinking that this is what i want to do this is how it's going to look and and i just kind of evolved into that leadership role and then as i took steps uh going you know through my career um all of a sudden i was voted to the ceo of a very large company at 41 years old and to be honest with you I was scared shitless. I, I mean, I, I was would excited be. about, yeah, I was excited to be in this position, but I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, I, you, you talk about imposter syndrome. And I was like, well, what do I do now? Everyone thinks I'm going to have the answers. So at that point, I didn't really know uh, uh, what coaching was or what coaching services was. And as a matter of fact, it was fairly a new concept to have a coach. And so I didn't have an opportunity to reach out to one and I didn't really know what to do. And so when I look back on that time, gosh, I could have really used a good, a good coach. And so what I did was I looked for other ways to try and, and improve uh, my, my position or, or my skills. And so I, I took a few uh, college level or I mean, graduate level MBA courses and they were okay, but they weren't really, you know, just resonating with me too much. And so then I, I eventually found this group called Vistage. And you may have heard of that, but that's an international group where they have CEOs uh, that work together, uh, usually 12 to 15 in a group. They meet on a monthly basis and they basically just learn from each other and help solve each other's problems. And so it's like a group coaching uh, uh, set, uh, set up. Mm -hmm. 
And I was in that for um, seven and a half years and really, really learned a lot from that because uh, I had, you know, peers to bounce things off of. I could get vulnerable with. You got to know them really well. And uh, I think when you can trust somebody and work with someone to get to that level of vulnerability, um, I think that's where the learning really takes place. And that group, that was multidisciplinary group. That wasn't just specifically for physical therapists or even just for healthcare. Is that correct? Exactly. In fact, I was the only CEO in that group from healthcare. And then they're very, uh, they make sure that there's no competitors or you're not competing with anybody in that group. And so you start out kind of with um, people you don't know and over a period of time, you start to know and trust each other. And, and over a longer period of time, you can really, um, you, you know, really get down to, to, to things that you would have a tough time talking to most people about because you've really gotten to know these people. So I look at that as kind of a coaching relationship. And the fact that my clients that I work with now, uh, once they get to know me, and once they trust me, you know, they can tell me the things that that they're afraid of, or they can tell me the things that they, they don't know um, without looking weak to the people they lead or without, you know, uh, being um, uh, their, their fear of, of, you know, people thinking maybe they don't really know what they're doing, but they can share that with a coach and then we can get down to the, to the, to the real uh, nitty gritty of that and what that means and, and how to work through that. And it sounds like you were, able to take what you learned there and combine it with what you learned through uh, your career and then the extra courses taken after retirement to kind of hone your individual coaching skills in order to better right. help your clients, right? Right. And, and I think the, the emphasis on that uh, scenario you just uh, discussed was the experience. I think the experience, you can't buy experience. You can't, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, like when I look back on, on mistakes I made uh, when I was, uh, had less experience, you know, I wish I could go back and do those again because I think I would do them a lot better. But yet that's how you learn. So hopefully a coach has the experience to help you um, uh, say, well, this is, uh, this is, this happened to me and this is how I went through it. And and this is how I can see you maybe, you know, getting there. Uh, I do uh, uh, question or scratch my head sometimes when I see, because I do see business coaches that have never run a business. So that always kind of makes me feel like, well, you know, I, I want somebody who's been in the trenches. I want somebody who has worked through this before and can help me see some, some ways through it, as opposed to someone who's just read a lot of books and, and knows all the uh, the, the catchphrases and, and, the, and the, the authors and so on. But uh, I think the experience is the key there. And if we look at it from the clinical side, you know, if uh, on the clinical side as a physical therapist, we probably refer to it more as a mentor maybe than a coach. But same thing there. You want somebody who has experience and who has seen, you know, tens of thousands of patients and, mm -hmm. and has that experience that you don't have that can help you maybe see through some things from their experience. And to me, that, that what's, that's what makes a, a really good mentor and a really good coach. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. And you're right, there's nothing worse than seeing coaches advertise their services and they've had a business for less than a year. So now right. let's 
Yeah. So let's talk about pros and cons of having a coach. Let's get practical here. So what is the, okay. what are the pros? So if someone's out there looking for a coach and they're on the fence, what are some pros to having a coach? Well, again, I think I said a little bit earlier, but I think a good coach can help you simplify what, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, I think a good coach can look at a complex situation and help you, you make it simpler. Uh, you know, coaches are, are, are you, can be your external eyes and ears and provide a more accurate picture of your reality and, and, and recognize fundamentals that, that, that you have and that you can improve on. And uh, then just breaking down some actions that you do to make them more practical. To me, one of the things that I work a lot with my clients with is it's just, it seems so simple, but communicating with others is so powerful. And if you really know how you communicate yourself or what motivates you and, and how you come across, and then you really get to know the people that you're communicating with and what resonates with them, then you, you construct your language and you, and you, you, con you, you construct your behavior in a way that connects with them. Because I can think that maybe my approach is uh, I totally get it and I totally understand what I'm saying and I can look at the person across from me and they're looking at me like, what? Yeah. You know, yep. so I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not connecting with them. So uh, I have to know how to communicate that. And it, and it, you know, as we talk about it here, it seems simple, but I think there's a real skill to that. And I think there's, there's a real uh, ability to, um, to kind of craft your message in a way that connects with people. And, well, um, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, Whenever you talk about relationships, whether it be a personal relationship, a business relationship, the thing that tends to break it down more than anything else is lack of clear communication. Right. I right. Totally agree. So, right. you know, and, if and you, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it's like, if you look at, um, if you look at your family or you look at your people in your business, um, I've always believed that you don't treat everybody the same. You, 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 I mean, you have to be fair, but, but it, it, when we're talking about communication, in other words, the way that I would approach one employee uh, could be very different than another, depending on who they are and, and, you know, how they communicate. And so I think a really good leader is able to go in and out of these different um, uh, styles, I guess, of communication that resonate with that person. And it's not the same for everybody. Yeah. And it's funny. I was just about to bring that up because I was going to ask you a question of, let's say we'll take a scenario here. Um, you're the, the CEO of your physical therapy business and you've got two people working your front desk and you've got four physical therapists. And let's say you, I don't know, you notice that you have an unusually high cancellation rate with your, with your uh, patients, unusually high. And so you kind of want to get to the bottom of it. So how you would speak perhaps to the people working at your front desk may be a little different than how you would speak to the therapist because they have different roles in your business, right? Absolutely. You yeah. have a different message for them. And, and even, even when you look at your four physical therapists, 
let's say out of those four physical therapists, you have an analytical person who thinks in very analytical terms. Well, then the way to approach that would be to talk about the cancellations and no-shows from a data perspective. You know, here's the numbers. Here's what it used to be. Here's what we want it to be. Here, you know, so you talk in very analytical ways. Mm-hmm. You may have someone else that has a real, um, uh, you know, that they have more, they have a, a real caring, they care about people and their feelings approach. And so uh, you might talk to them about that situation and don't talk about analytics, but you might talk about, l- look at what our patients are missing. Look what's, look what's, um, we're not, we're not reaching their, uh, their potential. We're, we're not, uh, you know, touching their hearts, you know, or whatever. So you, you talk more in those terms. And then uh, other people, you will have different approaches. So I think that you have to know your people well enough to know that sitting in a meeting with six people and giving the exact same message and expecting all of them to embrace it and have it resonate with them all at the same time is, is probably unlikely. Gosh, it's so much more complicated than it seems at the surface, isn't it? Well, it is, but I think that that that's what most of us feel. And that's where I think a coach can come in and say, okay, it is complicated, but we can make it simple. It's a step-by-step, day-by-day thing that we can break down. And then it's just like anything else. Once you understand kind of the process, then it's practice and you just practice and you practice and you get better and you make some mistakes and you, you do some gaps and you, you, you put your foot in your mouth sometimes and you learn from that. And, and over time, that's where experience starts to build and, and mm-hmm. you improve. Yeah, I, I guess it is. Once you have that framework, can it become sort of a plug and play kind of practice thing? Yeah, and it's not, you know, it's, well, it's good to break it down as simple as possible, but you're also dealing with humans. So just when you think Mm -hmm. that you, yeah, just when you think you've got it uh, figured out, someone will throw you a curveball that you didn't see coming. And so then you're going to have to, you know, readjust, but um, it it can be done much better than I think most people do it is, is just a general statement. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, there's a great, um, uh, if I can put a plug in for this, there's yeah. a great TED talk um, uh, by Atul Gawande, who most, most of us know who Atul Gawande is. Mm-hmm. And the title of the TED talk is, Want to Get Good at Something? Get a Coach. And he goes through the scenario of how, you know, he as a surgeon um, was, was thinking that he was, was doing pretty well and he improved and he improved. And then he got to a point where he just, um, he just couldn't, he felt like he'd hit his limit. He just wasn't improving much after that. So his question was, well, is this is as good as it gets? Is this, is this how I'm going to be? And I'm pretty happy with that, but you know, does that mean this is where I'm at? And then he decided to go back to Harvard medical school and hire um, a retired uh, professor who was a surgeon and had him come in and, and watch one of his surgeries. And as he's doing the surgery, he says, oh, man, I'm, I'm killing this. This is going so well. And, and I probably just wasted the guy's time, the guy's and my money, because uh, what's he going to tell me? This is going great. And then the guy came back with a whole two full pages of things that he could work on. And he was kind of taken aback from it at first. But then he started doing that. And he said, and I broke through that limit. And he said, I'm a way better surgeon now. My infection rates are down. My outcomes are better. 
you know, and that just proved to him that, that anyone has a coach. And then he, he looks at the sports world and says, why is it that the number one tennis player in the world and the number one golfer in the world, they still have coaches? If they're the best, why would they have a coach? Well, because they need that extra eyes and that extra set of ears and so on to kind of help them uh, break through the, the next level limitations. And so I do think that that all of us could, could benefit um, from a coach or on the clinical side, a mentor. And I just think it, it's, a, it's a really good way to spend your time and money to get to the next level. Yeah. And, and I love that you brought up that Ted talk. I'm familiar with that Ted talk and you're right. It just shows that even when you think you're at the top of your game to have that external eyes and ears on you, because you don't know what you don't know. And so to have someone there to point that out in a constructive way and in a way that is going to make you improve, I think is the key. I think, but, but as the person, so if I'm looking for a coach, I need to be mentally prepared for that person to maybe tell me things that are going to make me feel uncomfortable or that maybe might hurt my feelings, quote, hurt my feelings. I say that in quotes. Um, but I think you have to right. be mentally prepared for change. Would you agree with that as far as the people that you have coached in the past? So, uh, yes, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, as people that, that uh, educate in, in all different ways, we know that the, um, that the, the, the person who, who's going to learn something has to be in a position uh, that, that they're ready to learn. In other words, they have to be open to the fact that, um, they have to look at themselves and, and be willing to um, uh, realize that there's things to learn and, and they need to be open to suggestion. And so, yes, I, I have had some clients where, um, you know, they, they kind of thought they were uh, just, just doing really great. And, uh, um, you know, our, our discussions were more like them uh, uh, reaffirming, you know, that they, they did it right and that this is how it should be and whatever. And you're kind of on the other end of the line thinking, okay, so then why am I on this call? Um, you know, so it's, it's almost like uh, they're using you to, uh, uh, to reaffirm to themselves how, how great they are. Uh, that has happened, but it's, it's rare. It doesn't mm -hmm. usually happen. Usually the people that, that I work with are, are people that, that want to work with me because they, they want to get to the next level. They know that they, um, and I don't really have any clients that are horrible at, at this, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like Atul Gawande said, it's like, it's people that are really functioning at very high levels, but just want to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think the people that are really bad at it are so bad that they don't even recognize that, that <laughs> they need a coach or they could, they could improve. I think the people yeah. that are, the, are the, the best clients are the ones that are functioning at a very high level, but know they could maybe just get a little bit further, a little bit higher if they had, if they had a boost or if they had somebody that could help them get there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And now we spoke about the pros. Let's talk about the cons. So I think maybe we might have just said one con that if you're not ready for a coach, then it might not work out so well for you. Um, and that's coming from the person who's seeking, right? So yeah, I think you have right. to be really ready for it. And if you're not, then maybe it's not the right time. But are there any other potential cons that you can see? 
Well, I, I think that, you know, the, 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 the obvious one is it's, uh, it costs money, you know, and mm-hmm. it takes time. Um, you know, so uh, the way that I would answer that is yes. Uh, but then also, you know, look at how much money we, we PT spend on con ed and going to conferences and, and things like that. That takes a lot of money and a lot of time, too. Um, so it's just a priority and, and, you know, I, I believe that the, the return on investment, so to speak, is, is very high in coaching, um, because you really are getting that one-on-one approach. So, uh, and then the other mistake that I see people make sometimes is, um, you know, I work with a client for a while and then they kind of say, oh, okay, this is great. Um, uh, so I'm, let's stop now and I'm going to go work on this stuff and then I'll, I'll get back to you when I've had time to work on it and practice it. And, um, I, I think that that that's okay, but I, I do think that sometimes, um, just having a person continually working with you, even if it's at a lesser frequent time, uh, interval, uh, I think it is good to reinforce that because it's hard to just take all this information and then drop everything and then just work on that without, step-by-step approaches along the way you know it's kind of like I would I would make a reference to working with a patient that if you gave them a whole bunch of exercises and then say okay when you get all these exercises perfected then come back and we'll go to the next one well you can imagine what those exercises look like without some some coaching along the way uh, if you returned in three months and said okay let's look at the exercises you you likely wouldn't even be able to recognize them Right. <laughs> because they, they've changed them or they haven't done them right. And then they, they kind of, uh, you know, one thing leads to another. So. Right. Or because they don't have the accountability, they don't do them at all. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. So I think yeah, that's and, the other and part a lot of, of a people, coach. They, they do. They, you know, coaches will, will uh, help you, uh, you know, be responsible, help you uh, or be accountable is probably a better word. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know like I have certainly done continuing education courses and things like that. And and you learn so much and you're all gung ho. And then a couple of weeks later, you're like, what? I haven't been doing everything that I learned at that course or I haven't I haven't been as diligent, let's say. Yeah, exactly right. And and I think the other thing that's kind of scary when you when you start any new thing is that uh, you've probably heard of the J curve. You know, whenever we change behaviors or we try and improve on something, uh, we we kind of go in this J curve, which is if you can imagine what a J looks like, a capital J. Um, you start at a certain level and you dip down into the bottom of the J because you often sometimes get worse before you get better. And so it's that struggling time and that fumbling time and you just can't quite, you know, get it. And then you kind of come up on the other side of the right side of the J and then you reach a higher level. And so some people are unwilling or don't want to get into that, uh, the bottom, bottom end of the J because it's, 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 uh, it's frustrating. Yeah. Sometimes you struggle. And so, uh, I mean, some people would just rather, you know, go at the, uh, um, mediocrity and just keep going solid without the struggle but sometimes you need to jump off the cliff and and get down into that lower j curve a little bit before you can really improve and i think it's also sometimes if you've had this level of success let's say the, you know high level executives or 
entrepreneurs who have multiple six-figure businesses, you know, they have this certain level of success. And I think you can get a little complacent and you can think to yourself, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I am doing well. I'm already successful. What do I need a coach to help me get more? Like I'm there already. I've made it. So what do you say to those, to that kind of comment? Well, it, it just depends on, on what you want to do. Um, you know, there's a, uh, earlier in my career, there was this uh, Harvard Business Review article that was kind of, I used it as my, as my, my uh, management Bible because it was, it just resonated with me so much. And the story was about the owner of Johnsonville Sausage. Okay. This was in the day of Johnsonville Sausage was only a Wisconsin company and people in Wisconsin knew about it, but no one else knew about it. And he described how he was making ridiculous amount of money. He was really successful. He was just, you know, kind of on the top of everything, but he couldn't leave, uh, leave the factory without people calling him all the time. Um, he was working horrendous hours you know, all these things were happening. So on the outside, you would look at him and say, wow, how, he's so successful. And then he went through this whole series of changing how he did things. And, and the, the title of the article is how I let my uh, employees lead. And he grew leaders within the company and they took on this responsibility and accountability. And so, you know, the end of the story is, is that now Johnsonville Sausage is, is across the country and probably international. Um, he works less hours, makes more money, and is happier than he's ever been. So, you know, sometimes, as you said earlier, we can't always see what the other side looks like, but we just have to realize that um, there could be a better way and, and there could be a, 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 a bigger um, prize at the end if you're just willing to, to go down that road. And I don't know many people who would argue against that. <sighs> I mean, yeah. it's right. I mean, that seems like it seems like uh, makes a lot of sense that why to uh, working a little bit smarter, maybe still working hard, but at least working smarter and making a better impact on the world, making a better impact with your patients, you know, being able to grow your business or your practice and see more patients, help more people. So I think that um, another misconception when it comes to do I really need a coach is that the coach is just for you and right. that no one else is right. going to benefit from it, right? But that's not true, is it? Yeah. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back. This episode is brought to you by Optima, a net health company. Optima Therapy for Outpatient is a software solution enabling therapists and staff to do their jobs efficiently and accurately. Their software provides anytime, anywhere access to documentation, even while disconnected, and workflows that streamline patient care and save valuable time. You can check out Optima's new on-demand video to learn what's in store for outpatient therapy practices in 2020 with some of the biggest industry trends, along with tips and best practices to successfully navigate these changes. Learn about these trends for the new year at gooptimahcs.com slash healthywealthy2020. That is certainly not true. That is, you know, your influence and, and who you work with and who you touch on a daily basis will, will greatly, um, uh, you know, uh, benefit from, from you being better at your job. And a lot of times it comes down to, too, just helping you see 
helping you find ways to resonate with, with what you're doing. Um, I'll give you another personal example. Mm -hmm. So do you know who uh, Seth Godin is? He's kind of a marketing guru guy. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I was in my CEO position and, and I'm overwhelmed like everybody else and there's so much to do and whatever. And, and so people used to always ask me, uh, well, well, what do you do as the CEO? And I would always hesitate because it was like, uh, God, what do I do? I, I answer emails. I, I talk on the phone. I go to meetings. I go, boy, is that how boring does that sound? You know? And yeah. so I, so I, I happened to be hearing Seth Godin at this lecture. And he said that you, you have to find ways to even identify within yourself what do I do and why do I do it? And he gave out some, some ideas and it really resonated with me and I, I got excited about it. So I went home and I worked at it. And so now people say, um, when I was the CEO, they'd say, well, what do you, what do you do as CEO? And I go, I'm an, I'm an ambassador for my company. I'm a storyteller and I grow leaders. And that sounds a lot better. That sounds and so every much time better. I do, then I go to meetings and answer emails. Exactly. And so I, I, you know, so now when I'm doing, I'm sitting there trying to get through my emails. I say, okay, what do I, what am I doing? Oh, okay. This, this email was because I'm being an ambassador for my company. Uh, This email was because I'm helping this leader grow. Uh, This phone call was for this. And so now those, those things seem to have more meaning and more purpose. And it just, it just changes my mindset. Mm. And so I think that's what a, that's what a a good coach can help you see sometimes. Yeah. What a wonderful example. And I often wonder that I'll, I I would even say to like my patients sometimes who are like executives and CEOs, I was like, well, what what do you do all day? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, you get into work and then what happens? And it's amazing how many people are like, I don't know. I mean, I go to meetings and I answer emails and I'm on the phone quite a bit like telling me what they, what they are physically doing at their job versus what is the meaning behind the job. And I think that's the distinction that you just made there very well. Yeah, and, and I'll give you another example on the other end of the spectrum. I talked at a PT school once, gave a lecture, and this uh, young man came up to me and said, God, I was really impressed with what you were saying, and it was a talk on leadership. And I was really impressed with it. And it seems like you really know what you're doing. And he goes, could I come and just shadow you for a couple of days? And I said, uh, you mean just my CEO job? And he goes, he goes, yeah, I'd love to just follow you and see what you're doing, whatever. And I said, oh, you're going to be bored to death. I mean, what, what, what am I going to be able to show you? I mean, you know, I'm sitting at a desk. I'm doing this. He says, well, I, and he wouldn't drop it. So I thought, well, what the heck? So here this uh, PT student came and shadowed me for a day and a half. And he went to meetings with me and he, he sat there when I was on the phone and he, he uh, watched me get caught up. I mean, it was just, you know, he just hung out with me. And uh, when he left, he said, oh, this was really great. I'm kind of thinking, God, I hope I didn't bore him to death. And I got an email from him about six years later. Uh-huh. And he said, hey, you remember me? I, I followed you and whatever. And he says, I just wanted you to know that that day and a half set me on my course for, for my oh. career. And now I'm doing this and now I'm doing that. And so it had a huge impact on him. It was very gratifying and it made me feel really good, but I had no idea. So through his eyes, 
he saw things that I, you know, thought was mundane and day to day, but he saw things that, that, that he remembered and helped him, um, you know, find the, find the career position that he wanted. So it was a, that was a good feel good story. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And again, like you said, it's that external eyes and ears, you know, we often don't see what others see and you never know who's looking, you never know who's listening and you never know who's watching. Right. So I think that what great then, examples. Yeah. And that's another great point is when you are in a leadership role, um, people are looking and watching and everything you do and everything you say uh, uh, matters. And um, you, you shouldn't take it lightly. You shouldn't be afraid of it, but you should realize that you probably have a lot more influence than you realize. Mm -hmm. And so uh, recognizing that and being aware of that and trying to make that message better uh, I, benefits everyone, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. And now before we kind of wrap things up here, um, I have a question that I ask everyone. And that's knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to yourself as a new grad right out of physical therapy school? So pretend you're coaching yourself back in the day. You know, I, 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 I told this um, uh, story earlier because I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday and I came out of school. I, I, I wanted to be this uh, as good a you know manual physical therapist as I could possibly be, and so I was doing a lot of extra study and and uh, study group work and so on. And I can remember driving home from one of those sessions. I was probably about two or probably two years out of school, and I, I remember almost becoming overwhelmed with how can I possibly be as good as I want to be and understand all this information and hone my skills and improve and, and see the, see the, the, the diagnosis and so on. How I was just overwhelmed with it. And uh, so I look back and I, I, I got through it somehow, but I would have loved to have had a coach then or a mentor that said, no, you're doing exactly what you should do. You're, you're working on your craft. You're, you're putting in the time and effort. And then you just have to go step by step, day by day, as I said earlier, because I would never in a, in a, I would never imagine I would someday be the CEO of a large uh, private practice physical therapy company. It just had never entered my mind at that stage of my career. So instead of being overwhelmed with, you know, this knowledge I have to get and whatever, I just need to start my journey, keep going and keep, keep moving and and putting in the time and effort and where I end up and where I evolve into, I may not be able to predict, but I just know I just know it's going to be a, something that, uh, that that it's going to be uh, exciting and 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 fun. And as long as I make the right decisions along the, that journey, uh, I can reach a level I would have never imagined I could reach. And I do see that in new professionals today, and, and they they they're struggling with that you know, a few years out of school. And mm -hmm. so my advice to them, as it would have been to myself, is just keep moving forward, step by step, um, take some risks, uh, find uh, find some things that resonate and excite you and, and don't be afraid to try them and see where it leads. Great advice. And now, before we go, we're, let's first talk about your podcast. 
and then where yes. people can find you. So talk, talk about the podcast. Okay. Well, uh, I just want to say, uh, um, on this podcast, uh, um, how inspirational and how helpful you were to me, because as you probably remember, I, I thought, well, maybe I should do a podcast. And, and I believe I called you and asked mm-hmm. you some questions and I had not a clue how to start it and what to do. And, and I, I really commend you and, and thank you very much for, uh, for helping me answer some of those early questions and, and so on. So my podcast is called Profiles in Leadership. And uh, we, I just try and focus on, uh, on leaders and, and how they lead and, and just learn something from uh, discussions with each one of them. Um, I've, uh, uh, I've been doing it about a year and a half now, a little bit longer. Um, and um, uh, it, it's great. I mean, I've gotten some really fun, uh, fun interviews. Yeah, and, you have. Um, some are inside the profession and uh, physical therapy profession and some are outside. I'm, I'm doing more um, outside the profession lately, which is fun. And uh, uh, again, people ask me, why do you do the podcast? And, and I say, because I learn something every time I do one, you know, every time I talk to somebody uh, with, I've been around a long time and with my experience, I still learn something every time. So it's like, that 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 guy gets me in jazz and I'm inspired by that. So that's why I keep doing it. So Yeah. And I also and, heard and you lot, say and, several times that it's fun. So why wouldn't you want to do something that's fun? Exactly. And and you improve. I mean, um I heard somebody might have been Joe Rogan who said, uh, you know, if you think I have a good podcast, you should listen to my first few. Oh my um, God. Because I think we are. We all start uh, at, a, at a certain level, and and uh, if you're not improving, then you probably need to get out. Yeah, probably. Uh, but, uh, I'm I'm doing it. Uh, I think mine are much better than my first ones were, and uh, so I'm I'm, you know, that keeps me going too. In the sense that I, you know, we all like to get better. We all like of to. Of course. It's that self ma- self mastery thing. If we're not improving, we're probably not not having fun. Yeah. I mean, like I look back at like the first couple of interviews that I did and it was like a straight up boring interview for a job. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah. not good. It was like I yeah. I was not showing my personality. It was very much like, so Steve, tell me about your job and what you do. <laughs> and it was so oh my gosh, yeah. It was not good. But, you know, you got to start, like you said, you got to start somewhere. And I just took courses on public speaking and improv courses in order to help me improve because I knew where my limitations were and what needed to be done. But yeah, I can totally relate to that. The first couple are no good, not good. And it's not because the guests weren't great. It was because of me. Well, but, but look at the risk you took. I mean, to me, that's how you, you reach a, a higher level of excellence is you're willing to take the risk. You were vulnerable. You, 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 you were willing to be on camera and on, uh, on, on audio and, and stick your neck out there and, and, you know, struggle through it a little bit and you improved. And then now you're, you're you, you know, you should be very happy with where you're at now because you do a wonderful job. So, yeah that's to me what what it takes and and it, it, you know, if we relate it back to coaching it's the same thing it's it's you need to take a risk you need to be vulnerable you need to to realize that um you know with with work time and effort and practice you're going to get better and, and that's what it's all about 
Absolutely. Very well said. And now where can people find you, find more about you and find more about your coaching business? Sure. So um, you can, my podcast is on, uh, it's on all the podcast platforms, but Mm -hmm. uh, probably the easiest way to find it is uh, through iTunes. You just search for profiles of leadership with Steve Anderson. Um, I did some as I did with you early on, I was doing videos. And Mm -hmm. so um, I do have the video gallery. You can, you can search YouTube for profiles and leadership with Steve Anderson. And then also all my podcasts and all the videos that I've done are on my coaching website, which is orange.coaching.com. And that's orange, the word dot coaching.com. And uh, you can see my uh, services there for coaching. And then if you go to click on the media center, that's where the podcasts and the, and the videos are, are stored. Perfect. And just so everyone knows, we will have all of that information on the show notes at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So one click will get you to all of Steve's information. Um, So Steve, thanks so much for taking the time out today and coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. So thanks so much. Well, thank you, Karen. And again, I just thank you for your uh, early mentorship to me um, when I was trying to figure this all out and and I haven't forgotten that and I'm very... uh, Um, I'm very appreciative that you're willing to help me. Anytime, anytime. You are quite welcome. And everyone else, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. A big thanks to Steve Anderson. Make sure you check out his podcast, Profiles in Leadership, and of course, his coaching business, Orange.Coaching. You can find all of that at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. One click will take you there, as well as a big thank you to Optima, a net health company, for sponsoring this episode. Again, Optima Therapy for Outpatient is a software solution enabling therapists and staff to do their jobs efficiently and accurately. You can check out Optima's new on-demand video to learn what's in store for outpatient therapy practices in 2020 with some of the biggest industry trends along with tips and best practices to successfully navigate these changes. Learn about these trends for the new year at go.optimahcs.com slash healthywealthy2020. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.